this is, uh, you know, that negative thought you've been having, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't let you try and change yourself without a fight, so, uh, go ahead and just turn this show off, okay, and, um, uh, yeah, everything's still fine. This is Blindsight with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. Is there you? We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Blindsight. My, I'm your host, Bill Lundgren, and Blindsight is produced by Audio Information Network of Colorado. Glad to have you listening in today. And we're going to be continuing to talk about anger because there is a lot to the subject. And, uh, we, you know, we started last week with uh, talking about what it is. And uh, so now we want to talk about uh, some things we omitted last week and get into more of the psychological aspects of anger. And the thing that I wanted to get into today was to talk about uh, that anger it may be uh, have some uh, physiological origin and that needs to be checked out. But before I go into that further, I want to remind you that our producer Jonathan Price is joining me for a discussion rather than just hearing me give some kind of lecture. So, as I was saying, the uh, when you have uh, someone you care about, this is primarily to the people who are around the person in question, somebody you care about who changed behavior, uh, or if the if you yourself have found that you suddenly you're much more irritable, you're much more uh, uh, snappy with people, and you, you know you don't know where it comes from. A couple of things you have to keep in mind. Number one, uh, and this is uh, something that happens frequently uh, with people, There, if you're, uh, let's say, a tendency to be hypoglycemic, that is, you get low blood sugar, uh, you drink a cup of coffee, and you don't have anything to, and that creates a, uh, a spike in your mood, of course. That's why we drink coffee. Uh, kind of pep, pep us up. Uh, but then when there's a sudden drop uh, with uh, a number of people, and I happen to be one of them, uh, you start to feel very hungry and you make it very moody and irritable. And, you know, when I'm in that mood, uh, don't ask, make any requests of me. Just hand me something, uh, um, an apple or something, and then that helps to level out my uh, uh my moodiness, and that's always need to is something to keep in mind if that's your style. To make sure before you're getting into a discussion with somebody, do uh, do a self test and say, okay, how am I feeling now? Am I hungry? Am I uh, liable to be moody or whatever? Because we want to eliminate that as a factor in any anger that may be occurring. The other piece is there are some people who, as they get older, they tend to, uh, particularly when there's dementia coming on or, or just being older, you may find yourself a lot shorter in temper. And that 
may be something that you need to check out with a physician just to make sure that you're okay. Uh, There are a lot of reports coming out now about football players who uh, get, while football can be a uh, uh, brutal sport, it also causes some effect on the brain, which is often not identified until after the person has passed on and there's been an autopsy of the brain. But there's a brain syndrome that can cause uh, violence, uh, violent behavior. And that's when you have somebody who's, therefore, is, uh, tends to be uh, stable, uh, nothing, nothing really uh, pronounced, suddenly changes <clears throat> to be much more violent, then that's when you have to uh, suggest to that person or you, if that's happening to you, do talk to a physician about what's going on. Any head injury, something like that, can produce symptoms that weren't there before. So we just need to check out the physical. But if it's the psychological, if we're starting to feel that kind of moodiness or whatever, we're, uh, uh, for some people, depression may be uh, noticed in the form of crying for uh, unexplained reason. But with some uh, people, particularly males, we're not allowed really by society. It's changing, it's getting better, but on the whole, society hasn't allowed us to cry. So therefore, we may, instead of crying, react to that depressive symptom that we're having by being violent, by trying to control other people. Uh, and we need to, uh, when that kind of behavior is uh, taking place, it gets misdiagnosed as, domestic, you know, it can be domestic violence, it could be anything, uh, unless a, uh, a therapist checks out for depression. And if the depression is there, then the treatment of the anger is uh, to deal with the depression, the underlying, which then brings in the whole thing that we want to talk about today. And this is this is stuff for the those around the person in question as well as the person who may be suffering this uh, uh, emotion-created uh, anger. And that is mm-hmm. uh, to pay attention to what may be behind it. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be uh, a feeling like uh, things will never get better, which, you know, would certainly generate a lot of anger in people, also a lot of mm-hmm. scared feelings. And as we talked about last week, we anger really is part of that fight or flight response that we that uh, humans have had since the beginning and that was a survival mechanism if there's something we're afraid mm-hmm. of then we have to decide whether to uh, run away from that saber-toothed tiger that's coming to uh, gobble us up or uh, we you know, we fight 
we're going to club out and do the uh, tiger. Now, you know, I hesitate to use that analogy because I learned from a friend of mine who knows about those things that uh, saber-toothed tigers disappeared before man appeared on Earth. But anyway, you get the get the idea. <laughs> so we, any when we're angry, we may in fact be scared, and we're covering it up by anger. We may be afraid that somebody's going to leave us, or we're, we're afraid that somebody is not uh, being kind to us. And we need that. We need that reassurance. And we're getting quite the opposite. And then we get really, really angry because we're not getting what we need or what we perceive we need. So, it, you know, as we said in the beginning, anger is neither bad nor good. It is a feeling, just like love, like uh, being mm-hmm. glad, uh, whatever our feelings, and we have to own all our feelings. The problem is that we may have trouble, particularly with uh, feelings that we think are, are negative, or we're even told by our family when mm-hmm. we're kids, uh, you know, we, we get angry because we have very limited emotions to deal with, uh, to, to express ourselves with. And our family says, no, you can't be angry. That's not allowed then you cut off a whole part of you. Right. And so what What we have to do is say, to notice the symptoms of anger, to notice that we're getting angry. It could be the red face, it could be clenching uh, teeth, uh, making a fist involuntarily, uh, whatever. And it, it goes through a process of expression as I think I mentioned before, it starts with the trigger, then the intensification, uh, coming to the crisis stage where we, and when we're in the crisis stage and, and all the hormones in our bodies are raging through the cortisol and so forth, mm-hmm. and we explode, and then we start to come into a more normal phase, and we may, after an explosion, uh, we get into the depression part. That is, we feel sorry for what we did, one assumes, uh, you know, and we try to figure out how to make amends, etc. And at all those stages, mm-hmm. the, the crisis stage, when it hits the crescendo within ourselves, then being reasonable uh, is not uh, a quality that we have. Our our uh, our brain is almost um, it's not thinking anymore. We're just feeling this this rage and this anger, and we explode. Now, what we want to do when the trigger occurs, when we something uh, we notice that our body is tensing up, then we have to think about okay, what's going on? What's behind it? And that can be true for the person who uh, has triggered the anger, let's say it's a loved one who says something that gets you really riled up, uh, you, your uh, face gets red, you show some signs of anger, and you need to pay attention to that from a psychological point of view. And your the person with whom you're angry also has to pay attention. Oops. Uh, I triggered something in, in, in you. What would that be all about? And uh, I think and I use the example of my friend who uh, said something that triggered 
you know, some memories. And he was wise enough to stop, not let it go any further and confront what he suspected was uh, the trigger Mm -hmm. for me. And if you uh, are in a relationship or even a friendship with someone and you see that trigger occurring, that's the time to kind of step back and decide, mm-hmm. okay, what's going on here? And not take it necessarily take it take it personally, but say, wait a minute, he he or she is uh, way out of proportion to what went on. And in that case, one or both of you have to say have to step back and say, wait a minute, I was triggered by this statement, and then. Hopefully, it, you get it early enough that you and the other person can talk about it. If the anger goes all the way to the explosion part, then you, the person uh, who is the object of the anger, if you can do that, just step back rather than respond, but think about, okay, what, what's going on here? Now, you may have to walk away from the situation. Both of you may have to walk away from each other uh, for to get a, a, well, I think a lot of people now are familiar with the term time out. We do this with kids. When kids are getting out of control, mm-hmm. they're angry, we send them to their room or we at least send them someplace and teach them the, the idea of time out where they can think about what went on to cool down. And then uh, the two of you can come back together again and talk about, okay, what really went wrong here? What, you know, what was this anger response all about? Which is uh, using both your intellect and your emotions. The emotion is, you know, the feeling, but your intellect has to be able to kind of get at the origin what was the trigger? What set you off? If mm-hmm. you if you are the person who was the object of it, when you come back with that person, and the person had who was uh, felt the anger, expressed the anger, and the person has calmed down, then the two of you can talk about what went on, and that's where we begin to understand, become self aware of our feelings. For example, in my example, where I talked about my friend, it was a childhood memory. And that can be true for any of us, or it can be a reliving of a traumatic situation. It can be anything that has happened to us, which is triggered by the response that, uh, by what you said, that caused then the person to forget, if you will, where he or she is and goes back into that um, vault of, of memory, so to speak, or that uh, the depression or the anxiety. And, and um, mm-hmm. if things calm down, to be able to discuss what went on and how... Uh, both of you can agree to prevent it from happening again. When it's in the crisis stage, when it's gone on too long, 
then mm-hmm. walking away is about the only thing you can do for the moment. And what I when I talk with couples, uh, they get into a, a fight, which couples will, even the best of couples will do that. Uh, you say, okay, look, time out. I'll be back in 15, 20 minutes. And we'll, we'll continue this mm-hmm. conversation when I've had a chance to uh, cool off a little bit. And in that way, you make that agreement. And it's helpful if you make that agreement from the very beginning of a relationship or, uh, you know, when you're trying to deal with these kinds of outbursts, to do it when you're both calm and say, look, here's, the, here's how we'll fight and set out the mm-hmm. rules, one of which is to, you know, when you have trouble thinking, you're in the crisis state that you can walk away and, and settle down and come back to the discussion and continue it, not drop it, but continue it until it gets completed, but in a more even-tempered way. You know, you said something interesting about the the idea and, and the fact that animals, they have this fight-or-flight mm-hmm. response. And I want to go back to that sure. for just a second. There is also a third that that I'm sure you're aware of the the freeze response as well, where let, just imagine you've been driving uh, in the mountains. The it's dark, uh, maybe rainy out, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Bill, but I've I've experienced it several times where you're driving along. It's in the mountains, and you come up on a deer that's right in the middle of the road. And you go to slam on your brakes, but the deer doesn't do anything. It doesn't right. fight. It doesn't fly. It just freezes right. right in the middle of the road. And neither neither fight nor fly, flight. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We're just stuck. stuck. And it's that, it's that momentary, I guess, hesitation that could either cause you to live yeah. or die. And, and sometimes in – I make – a kind of a grand gesture at the life or death, but in many cases, that is the the the, fa- the fact. And one of the things that uh, I've really come to learn is that you know a- anger gets stored right. all over our body. It gets stored in our in our chest, in our hands, in our arms, in our back, and our legs. I mean, anywhere that we have stress or anger, we tend to manifest it in physical ways or we hold on to it in physical places. What one thing that I have learned in some of my counseling is that when you have anger, like you said before, it's okay, it's an it's a good emotion. It is a an emotion in and of itself, not good or bad. But we have to look at the deeper causes of anger. You may be carrying around a particular trauma. Let's say you were sexually abused right. as a child or you were verbally abused to the point of you have completely lost your identity. Those are those are very traumatic things to be carrying around. On the surface, you may have a good relationship with uh, your spouse, your loved ones, your friends, your family. Uh, you can have those relationships. Those are, those are great. Even when they don't mean to, they could brush up against that right. trauma in a way that only you know. 
So I may brush up against something, Bill, that you that you found traumatic in your life, and without me knowing it, I brush up against it in one way or another, and you hold on to that anger, and you don't let me know right. what that is. There's no way that I can help you walk through it. So if you are somebody who is going about life and, and you make somebody angry, and we all yep. do it, it's okay. You have to understand that when you do that, there is a time for processing of that previous trauma versus what you're processing in your current right. situation. Mm -hmm. The two are not mutually right. exclusive, but they're not the same either. You know, it's it's taking the situation, it's taking the situation at face value and saying, okay, what did I do? Why did this make me angry? And then if you are the person who's listening to that, one of the best phrases you could possibly use is tell me more. Exactly. And it allows it allows for that dialogue to then become, okay, I'm not really angry at you. I'm angry at what you said because it it did this to me. And it kind of goes back to a situation that I can't really talk about, but I just want to let you know how I feel. Well, see, one of the problems is that uh that anger or that trauma gets stored in, in a locked box that you don't even know until you've had a chance to process it. And sometimes just like, <laughs> exactly. like with my friend, uh, that, that triggered me to process rather than going into the anger and process what mm -hmm. that was all about. It, but it was not something that was so traumatic that I locked it up and, and never to be seen again unless uh, somebody uh, breaks open the, the strong box. And those are the yeah. deep, deep memories. In, in a sense, mm -hmm. too, uh, I'm sure you've had a pet or no, we're talking about animals. When an animal gets hurt, mm -hmm. even they may uh, bite. The, the very person they love and we're right. trying to help them because they don't know what else to do. And you see, it's, a, it's at that moment, it's knowing what other options are there. And sure. if I don't know what the trauma is. I don't know there's an option to talk about it. Or if the person, if my friend hadn't drawn that out of me, I probably, I would have done nothing, but we, we would have had a fight. Uh, and we mm -hmm. wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But it's that trigger, and one of the things that we can uh, be kind to the person who's expressing that anger and perhaps hurting us is to not go for the... I refer to it as uh, bite the bait. That is, there's a bait yes. out there, and we snap at it, and what we don't want to do is bite the bait, and and right. particularly in strange behavior from the person that we're with and say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is out of character for you. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways you can say, hey, this is out of character for you, uh, which then encourages the person to think about it. And what's important is if we don't take it personally, if we understand, as my friend did, that I wasn't snapping at him. I was snapping at yeah. that memory that was, that his statement evoked. And we have to separate out the here and now from the past, exactly what you're saying. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. for a lot of us, 
we don't know that's there. We just react to right. it. And sometimes the kindest thing that you can do uh, to someone who's very angry is exactly what you said. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about your reaction? You know, what trick, what might have triggered mm-hmm. that reaction? And, yeah. and if, you know, and also to always use I statements. In, anytime you're in a fight, mm-hmm. rather than saying, you, 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 you did this and say, you know, uh, yes. you take it from an I, you know, when this happened, I felt XYZ. Yeah. And I think it's important when somebody tells you, just to do a little role play here, if you said, I feel angry because XYZ, and I said, Boy, I can sympathize with that. I'm so sorry to hear that. That must have been exactly. hard for you. Can you tell me more? Tell me more. Exactly. And you go into a little bit more. When you go into that more, you begin to realize that there's a different layer to this anger facet. And we've we've kind of danced around this this just being angry topic. But I want our listeners to know there is such a deep level to this anger. Anger is just the surface that you that you see. It's once you get lower that you realize okay, maybe maybe I'm not necessarily angry, it's a causation, but I may be betrayed. Right. I may feel right. ridiculed right. or violated or infuriated, annoyed. You know, it's important to if you are the the person who is listening to what's going on that you take the time to say if somebody said somebody cut me off in traffic and that really made me angry. Okay, well why did it make you yeah. angry? Or I, I hear it made you angry. That must have been, I mean, really provoking for you. Right. Yeah, it was frightening. Provoked. Must have been frightening for you. Right. Yeah. Sometimes frightening. when you, we yeah. identify more clearly a feeling, the person says, "Oh, mm-hmm. I never thought about that." Yeah, it was scary. And then you begin to get to the next layer. Yeah, it opens up a whole new world for you to be able to process, and then you can just say. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not actually angry. I'm just kind of annoyed. Yeah. Or I feel kind of distant or I'm feeling aggressive or, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. other category of word that you want to put in there. Because right. I think too many times we use angry as a blanket statement for a hundred other emotions you that we may it. be because feeling and we just acceptable. cover it up. It's, at least right. it is and for, we don't, for the male, for the male of the species, yeah. the uh, uh, women are less uh, acceptable. Uh, if sure. they show anger, because yep. that's you know that's not the feminine thing to do. Uh, that's when they right. get into passive aggressive behavior. But the the issue being, yep. anger is anger, and something provoked anger is it, anger. which isn't necessarily something that we did, and we have to feel mm-hmm. less uh, defensive about it. Say, look, well, tell me more, or uh, you know, I provoke some anger in you. What is it that that's going on? So that I can avoid doing that again. Sure. Yep. And you may you you may intend with all of the goodness in your heart to never anger that person again, but you cannot control when you make somebody angry unless you are going out and like trying to kick somebody in the shin. Right. That'll probably make them angry. Right. Exactly. But if if you're just going about your normal day, most people aren't going to have the intent to make somebody angry. And so you have to be aware that you may brush up against some past issues or you may just inadvertently 
anger somebody or disappoint them, that's okay as long as you realize what it is that's going on and so long as you can also have that conversation right. with said person that you've made angry. Now, the, the one uh, thing that I would put with that is that, uh, and we're not talking about forgiving. We'll talk about that in another session, but we're, uh, right. we're not talking about forgetting. We just, if that mm-hmm. person, if every time you're in interaction with that person, you have this, uh, we'll call it unreasonable anger, or at least this anger directed to you, you may need to uh, decide to sever a relationship with that person. Not because it's a bad person, but because the interaction between the two of you is not good for you. And that. Yeah, it becomes habitual. Right, it becomes habitual. And, you know, one of the things that when somebody's angry at you, you've got to be protective of yourself. That's why we talk about walk away or or set another time to talk about a conversation because you don't need to be the object of that kind of anger and give that person some time Mm -hmm. to kind of calm down. But at the same time, try to complete and find out what is going on with that person, right. that what you did perfectly innocently provoked that kind of response. And so it becomes a two-way street. You know. Well, and there's a healthy way to do that when instead of throwing your hands up in the air saying, oh, fine, you're angry. I'm just going to let you cool down, whatever. That, that, that provokes that more. Itself, yeah. Yeah, that's like giving a, a red carpet to a bull and right. saying, come chase me. Good. Good. When you are in those angry situations, you have to say, hey, look, Bill, I understand you're feeling a lot of things right now. Mm-hmm. I get it and I sympathize with that. But right now, I need to take a step back. I want to be here for you. So I'm going to take some time to make sure that I can say the things that I need to right. say so that we can have a good dialogue. Without hurting, without hurting. Without hurting right. anybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. It not only diffuses them, but it also diffuses you, and it diffuses right. the situation as a whole right. to let them say, okay, I know they want to come back and talk to me, so I'm going to make sure that I you can yeah. self-soothe and we can have a good a, – a very intimate dialogue about something that may be difficult. Which may be scary for some people. To have that intimate absolutely may be the only way they can talk is out of anger because that's what they're used to. But you have to be able to invite them to approach you in Mm -hmm. a different way. Yes. And be able to and as a result to get to get results, to uh, achieve an understanding of whatever it is that's going on for both of you. So that encourages the interaction between the two of you to be that kind of helpful exchange Mm -hmm. and as you say uh you can also uh when you come back or when uh you're talking about well you know last uh the other day this happened if you had any clarity Mm -hmm. uh about what was going on for you because i've had some thoughts about it myself in other words you've made it clear right that you weren't walking away and forgetting about it but that you were thinking about, well, what went on between the two of us that needs to change? Sure. To be more helpful. And, yeah. and it's a lot of work. Uh, but it's in the, in the long run, it's beneficial for both of you. Right. 
So what are some practical ways that we can get rid of anger if, if we're either angry at a situation or angry at a person and we don't have that either immediate or within a half hour time to discuss what our anger issue was? What are some good ways that we can, uh, I guess, alleviate that anger um, that that we can like physically get it out of our right. bodies? Because we both know that holding on to that anger Absolutely. will cause a lot of physical physical problems if we if we let it and and being physical that is doing something physical like walking running uh, workout uh, even just walking away and using that energy to uh, get the dishes done or something around the house that uh, that needs to mm-hmm. be done is a way of discharging. Now, what can happen is you obsess about, oh, you know, he did this. And what we need to, if you can ask yourself while you're, you know, doing some kind of activity, uh, ask yourself, what do I think is going on here? You know, what is it? Right. You know, what is it that might have triggered this that needs to change, either for me or for the other person? But just kind of, Move it then from the emotion to the intellect in order to have some context and and understanding because our intellect is very powerful, uh, but we don't want it to override the emotion. You know, you acknowledge, okay, I was hurt by what he or she said. Now, what's my hurt? You know, what... What is it that uh, hurt me, uh, made me feel hurt? And what is it that was going on between us that this happened? And what is there anything that I need to change? Or what would be my next step in approaching that person about what just went on? And so if we're physical, if we're doing something, uh, distracting ourselves from the immediate pain and just allowing it to kind of uh, float around in our minds and we can think about it in an intellectual sense can be a way mm-hmm. of discharging. I uh, Writing about it, I had a to, you yep. know, to do with a, another friend. I mean, it sounds like all my friends make me angry, but, uh, <laughs> but there are situations where even your best friend can do that. And it was somebody I worked with professionally. And I took the time to write a letter to that person that I wasn't going, I knew that I wasn't going to send it. But I put down all the feelings, all the thoughts, and everything that's going on. And by the time I finished that letter, I was done. The anger was out of me. And I, I thought about what I could do. And there really was, for a lot of reasons, there really wasn't, but I didn't need to do anything more. I discharged yeah. the anger without escalating it by directing it at yes. him. Well, and if you're like me, sometimes when you when I journal, yeah. I, my hand can't write fast enough. It's my because <laughs> there's so many words that I want to say all at the same yeah. time and they just don't come out. So one of the things I do is I can type a lot faster and I also have a voice recorder Ooh, on my there phone. You and go. So if, there you go. Whatever, whatever works. Some if people, you need to talk it out, you can talk to yourself. Yeah. Type it out. Write yourself a letter. Some people just make like sure, music. Uh, you, you're very careful. 
Yeah, yeah some people like music. to write music and get the feelings out of yes. the music. Or an artist, yep. somebody may make a drawing, do a drawing. That's and, right. Uh, and express it in that whatever works for individuals is different, different for each person. But, you know, it is the, the issue is what discharges that without collateral mm-hmm. damage. And, uh, and I tell you what, system. As, as we go into these summer months, one of my favorite, absolute favorite ways to dispel anger and to get rid of that negative energy in my body is to truly go lay in a calm green grass park with the sun hitting my face. 10, 15 minutes of deep breathing. Man, I'm ready to rock and yeah. roll. It is so good Absolutely. being out in Absolutely. the sun They're all and being out in just mm-hmm. nature. Absolutely. Yep. Take your journal with you. Take um, take a little keyboard or a guitar if you play the guitar or get yourself out of that environment so that you can process it. Because if you keep staying in that environment, both physically and mentally, you're going to keep regurgitating those right, negative right. thoughts and things that you don't really need to be a part of anymore. Yep. One of the things I find some of my best thinking occurs when I'm taking a shower and I'm not intending to think yes. about anything, but it, you know, having yes. the warm water over you and you, and all of a sudden yep. it comes to me, Oh, that's, that's what the issue is. Or that. Yes. Uh, and you know, I think I should take more showers cause it seems to be so productive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody else sings better in the shower. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if we were all in the shower all the time, right, right. we would all be so, better off. You know, whatever works to help people, there are <laughs> lots of tools. We just have to remember to put aside the angry feeling for the moment to say, okay, what do I do now to take care mm-hmm. of me right now? Not take care of the other person, but take care of me. What do I need for me? And that's when it's time to be selfish and say, okay, this is what I need to do. So as we land this bird, um, we're going from anger to now. Tell us a little bit about the next couple of weeks when we're going to be talking about forgiveness and why that relates relates to anger. Well, Uh, forgiveness is a, an important tool that we need to use. And, and we misunderstand forgiveness. You know, I forgive you and we expect ourselves to forget. No, forgiveness is mm-hmm. not, uh, uh, forgetting. It's the forgiveness right. is to pull yourself out of the anger. And to have some understanding and appreciation of the other person. Sometimes the forgiveness comes when the other person asks for it or the other, you enable right. the other person to tell you what's going on. And then, then it becomes almost automatic. Oh, now, now I know why you did this. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it doesn't mean forget, forget. It just means you forgive and our, uh, our next speaker, will be give us a little more detail on that but it's hard for us to just give up uh some kind right. of anger feelings or whatever we have to go through a process of learning something from it either about ourselves or about mm-hmm. the other person and that's very key yep 
and also to then make a decision, okay, am I going to hold this as a grudge against that person, or am I going to am I going to forget about this whole thing, which you know, which always is, is an option, but that's different from forgiveness. You can forget about the situation but not forgive the person. Right. So it's another tool to add on to your uh, uh, the uh, tool chest that we've been developing for you about how to handle your feeling. Now, anger, for example, for the individual may be the situation of they having suddenly lost their eyesight. And it's one of the stages. Mm-hmm. Again, same process. We have to understand what the anger is all about, what it is we're scared of now that we can't see, what it is that's right. generating this. And then we have to uh, understand and appreciate ourselves and appreciate and make some decisions about uh, continuing on. And that's when we go into other yeah. stages that we have to go through. And sometimes it's the depression is the next one. But after that, in terms of, okay, what do I do now? But that has to come. That's when we forgive ourselves. And that's a, a thing we haven't touched on, but we need, and we, in forgiveness we'll talk about, it's as important for us to forgive ourselves as to forgive mm-hmm. other people's anger and to definitely to learn from it. And that's when uh, uh, the 12 steps of AA, they talk about may, taking an, a moral inventory, which unfortunately a lot of people interpret to taking a, uh, uh, an inventory of all the awful things we've done, and it's not. It's taking <laughs> right. an right. inventory just like as somebody in a store is taking an inventory of what you have and what you don't have. Mm-hmm. We have to take an inventory right. of our our good qualities as well. And then the fifth step is when necessary, when it won't hurt yourself or another person to make amends. And that's when we get into the forgiveness yeah. part. Yeah, I hope that this has been helpful for people. As uh, I periodically try to remind you, that if you have any questions or thoughts or things you want us to talk about, don't hesitate to uh, contact uh, AIN of Colorado uh, through our website or whatever and send a message and say, hey, you know, uh, we'd, li- we'd love to hear your feedback on this program to make it better and more meaningful for everyone. So don't forget to do that. But until the next program, and Jonathan and I are signing off, and uh, this has been Blindsight, a product of the Audio Information Network of Colorado, and we look forward to uh, talking and listening to all of you. Thank you.